A gospel lesson this morning is from the fourth chapter of Matthew's gospel. This was just right after the baptism in the River Jordan. And we pick up right after that. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He, he fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by the, every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. And again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will but fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of God for the people of God. Again, thanks be to God. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious God, open our ears that we may hear your truth. Open our eyes that we may see your kingdom. And open our hearts and minds that we might know the cries of our brothers and sisters who are hungry and hurting and sometimes even dying without the knowledge of your love for them. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts together be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And all God's people said, Amen. Now, Lent is the season of 40 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter, and it doesn't include the Sundays, because each Sunday is considered to be a little Easter. And this is the first Sunday in Lent, not of Lent, but in Lent. Lent is a season that's observed by the liturgical church as a time of preparation and a time of penitence. penitence. Being in the early church, or beginning in the early church, Lent is when converts to the faith were trained in the faith as they prepared for baptism at the conclusion of the Easter vigil on Easter Sunday morning. The 40 days reflect that fasting period that Jesus observed in the wilderness as he was tempted by the devils, as we heard in our lesson from Matthew just a moment ago. Now, the last time that I preached on this passage, and the last time that I actually started this series, was right before the COVID shutdown. Right before COVID. Little did I know at that time, the title of the sermon, The Need for Change, would become so real for all of us. It was a time of change. It was a time when, when things just didn't make a lot of sense, did it? I remember going back as I was preparing for this sermon series, I was telling David this, this morning, that as I went back and I looked in the archives of the sermons, I found the very first Facebook Live sermon that I did. It was the third week in this series. 
and I and I was mentioning that the only people in the Congress in the in this room that morning, because I did it at the table right up here with that window in the background. And I was saying that we're gonna be shut down for two weeks. I think that two weeks turned into about nine months, if I'm not mistaken, or my memory. It seems so long ago that, that all of this was happening. In that sermon that I, that I preached on the morning that we opened this up or started this series, I was, uh, we had just entered that first Sunday in, um, in Lent. I'm getting a lot of feedback. In um, that first Sunday, that first Sunday in Lent, and I was talking about how the previous Wednesday I had been invited to participate in the Ash Wednesday service at noontime at Simpson. I preached the sermon that day and assisted uh, John Oldham with the imposition of ashes. And I believe we had some of our members who attended that service as well. Uh, and that kicked off a tradition that has gone by the wayside at Simpson, which was their Wednesday uh, noon meal with uh, devotional that followed each one of the Wednesdays during Lent. It was a time for change. It was a time when all sorts of things changed. And this, the whole reason behind the theme of this series, Boot Camp for the Soul, is that for anyone who has been in the military, you know that boot camp is a time for change. It's a time when, when all the activities are designed to help break down the individuality, to take away the I, so that you can be built up to be part of the team, to be part of what is going on. And this first Sunday, the theme is the need for change. And Lent, Lent reminds us of the need for change in our life, to change our ways in order to build and strengthen the relationship between us and God. It's a time to remind us that we are redeemed by Christ and his actions on our behalf. It reminds us that our salvation is a gift, a gift that we shouldn't squander. But all too often we do squander the gift, the gift of forgiveness of our sin, the forgiveness of the dark stain on our life that involves our unwillingness to give up control, to let go and let God, if you will. Psalm 32, the lectionary psalm for this morning, puts it this way, and I think it's a good thing for us to remember. Happy are those whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Therefore, let all who are fit, faithful offer prayer to you, O God, at a time of distress. The rush of mighty waters shall not reach them. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from trouble, and you surround me with glad cries of deliverance. The psalm reminds us that our sins are forgiven and that there is joy and happiness in that state for us. 
In the gospel text, we find the story of Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, where three times the devil tempts him, and three times Jesus refuses to fall for that temptation, even in his weakened state. Now, the temptations that we face on a daily basis are not quite so grand. In fact, they're usually pretty small in the grand scheme of things, and they're individual to each of us. Yet, we do sometimes fudge a little and claim that the devil made me do it, as Flip Wilson used to say back in the day. And even collectively, as a church, Sometimes we believe that we're too small or too old or too tired or too whatever the excuse may be to engage in the work that God is calling us to do in the community. And that is a temptation that I think is real for us. The temptation to avoid change, to live in the status quo, is so real for us as well. Like I said, when I first preached on this topic in, the, in February of 2020, just before COVID, I had, spread, I had spent all of Friday and all day Saturday up in Johnson City, Tennessee, with, with groups of people who were Mission Hub leaders. But y'all know, don't know what a Mission Hub is. And I'll be honest with you, those of us who were Mission Hub leaders didn't really have an idea what it was either. But it's groups of churches in a certain geographical area, in a, in a geographical area close to each other, with the idea that they were going to work together. And this was a planning session to kick off this idea that was going to have McFarland specifically working with Simpson and, and uh, St. Elmo and uh, Flintstone and Fort Oglethorpe, just to name a few churches as we were going to be working together to do some sort of ministry into the community, to pool our resources together, resources not being money uh, necessarily, but time, people, and, and, and that kind of thing, to make more of a difference. We were sort of doing that kind of thing over in, over in Dade County when I was serving there. Reese Fawcett, who was the pastor down at Trenton United Methodist Church at the time, had this wonderful idea. He said, why do we want to duplicate services? Sand Mountain's got the food pantry up there. They're the biggest food pantry in this neck of the woods. When folks need food, let's just send them up to, food, up to Sand Mountain. New Salem United Methodist Church had a clothing ministry. So when folks needed clothing, they got sent to, to uh, New Salem. Trenton had the trained counselors who could help folks with housing and with mental health needs and with all sorts of stuff, referrals that they might need to get services. And so Trenton sort of acted as the resource hub for all of us. And we would send folks to them. And that's how, you, how things would work together. In the United Methodist Church, that's all of what connectionalism is about. But sometimes, sometimes we, we, sometimes that type of connection changes the status quo. Because let's face it, we like being comfortable. We like things being the way that they've always been, don't we? We, we don't necessarily like change. 
and I'm not necessarily speaking of anybody here, but that's just part of the human condition. We like things to be familiar, right? And when we talk about change, that's going to, tr going to take and throw that familiar, familiar uh, fam no. it's going to make things different. I don't know what it is with my tongue this morning. It doesn't want to seem to work. But during that time that we were together in the, in, in the planning for the way that the mission networks were going to work and the planning of, of how do we deploy this idea to be intentional about the mission networks, we had some wonderful teachers. And one of the trainers was Ann Bosarge from the South Georgia Conference of the United Methodist Church. She's the author of a book called Get Out of That Box. And she shared with us a parable written by Soren Kierkegaard that I think is very apt. It's called The Parable of the Geese. A certain flock of geese lived together in a barnyard with high walls around it. And because the corn was good and the barnyard was secure, these geese would never take a risk. And one day a philosopher goose came among them. He was a very good philosopher, and every week they listened quietly and attentively to his learned discourses. My fellow travelers on the way of life, he would say, can you seriously imagine that this barnyard with, with great high walls around it is all that there is to existence? I tell you, there is another and a greater world outside, a world of which we are only dimly aware. Our forefathers knew of this outside world, for did they not stretch their wings and fly across the trackless wastes of desert and ocean, of green valley and wooded hill? But alas, here we remain in this barnyard, our wings folded and tucked into our sides, as we are content to puddle in the mud, never lifting our eyes to the heavens, which should be our home. And these geese thought that this was very fine lecturing. How poetical, they thought. How profoundly existential. What a flawless summary of the mystery of existence. And often the philosopher spoke of the advantages of flight, calling on the geese to be what they were. After all, they had wings, he pointed out. What were wings for but to fly with? And often he reflected on the beauty and the wonder of life outside the barnyard and the freedom of the skies. And every week the geese were uplifted and inspired, moved by the philosopher's message. They hung on his every word. They devoted hours, weeks, months to a thoroughgoing analysis and critical evaluation of his doctrines. They produced learned treatises on the, on the ethical and spiritual implications of flight. All this they did. But one thing they never did. They did not fly, for the corn was good, and the barnyard was secure. Hear that ending again. But one thing they never did, they did not fly, for the corn was good, and the barnyard was secure. 
again asked us to reflect upon how often we have failed to venture out into the world seeking creative ways to bring Christ to the lost. How often do we choose not to fly into unknown ventures because we're comfortable, secure, and well-fed right where we are? You know, friends, in this season of turmoil that we find ourselves in in the United Methodist Church, we're going to be looking at new ways of doing things. We're going to be looking at new ways of being the people that God calls us to be, not just here at McFarland, but, but all across the connection. You know, I'm sad to report that there's only two United Methodist churches left in Dade County now. Sand Mountain, where I served, and Wildwood, both churches that I served. The others have voted to disaffiliate. And Ann and I will be making the trip to Second United Methodist Church in Knoxville on April 22nd, I think it is, to actually vote as an annual conference to let them go on their way. But in the middle of all that sadness, there is new stuff happening. The votes were not unanimous to leave the church. There are people that are upset at Trenton that this is happening. In fact, some of, the, some of them have already moved their membership to other churches. Others are trying to figure out, you know, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Like me, they're saying, I'm not going anywhere. But our district superintendent, Reese uh, Reed Shell, is meeting with those folks that are looking for a new church home tomorrow night. We're going to be looking at ways to start some new churches. Maybe it's time for some fresh blood. And in this time of looking for, fre for fresh blood, looking for new ways to do things. Are we going to boldly go forth? Because God's got our back. Or are we going to choose not to fly? Because the corn's good and the barnyard secure. We hear news about things happening. We hear news about things like the revival that was going on at Asbury College in Wilmore, Kentucky. A church service that went on for 12, 14, 15 days before the administration there at the college had to quiet things down because what, what's the reason people come to college? They come to learn. And we're approaching midterms. 
try and get the focus back. But something was happening there. In a way, I'm, in, a, in a way, when I think about that, I'm, I, I think of the of the um, uh, of the song. Something's happening. Something, something's happening here. What it what it is ain't exactly clear. But God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing through each of us. God is doing a new thing in our communities. God is doing a new thing in our world. And we just have to be ready for whatever that is. Because I can guarantee you that we're going to be called to be part of it. We're going to be called to be part of it. The need for change. Over the next few weeks, I hope that we can work together on finding ways to stretch out our wings and fly. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to visit our website at mcfarlandumc.org to learn more about our church and the ministries that we provide to the Rossville and East Lake communities around Chattanooga. May God's blessings be yours.